Yeah. I'm just in a cut sitting sideways, waiting at you looking all the time. Time gets a ticking and it takes a toll. Told you I couldn't really draw the line. Line ringing, saying that you told him things. Things that you could have kept inside. Sidetracking me when I was good to you. You were somebody I would stand behind. I know you like to drink to the sun up. Grind till you come up. Work all winter. Shine all summer. Ride for your brother. Die for your mother. Keep that shit a hunter. I know you wanna vacate to a place where you could take pictures. Post on Insta. Your friends say they miss you. They don't really miss you. That's how you feel, episode 76. Let's turn up. I'm just in a cut, sitting sideways. Wait at you looking all the time. Time in it if you with a Drake really be going crazy though. At all times. Minding my business and you show up Up to no good, I should have seen You a Drake playlist, it have over 100 songs on it, easy Working to try and get you off my mind I know you like to drink to the sun up Grind till you come up Work all winter, shine all summer Ride for your brother, you die for your mother Keep that shit a hunter, I know you wanna Vacate to a place where you could Take pictures, post on Insta. Your friends say they miss you, but they don't really miss you. What the fuck? This ain't Chanel, nigga. Custom down? What the fuck? I ain't smoking hot. Bust me down? You the same clown, nigga, that was running me down? Now you all up in my because you want to be down? Okay. We back. Episode 76. Let's get it. Been a couple days since 75. And when I went back and listened to episode 75, it did get a little awkward in there. It definitely did get a little awkward in that episode. Because I guess I try to keep my language very censored. And talking about the topics that I was talking about in that episode, it was hard to to kind of um, get my point across censored. So that's something I'm gonna have to work on moving forward. But you know, it's 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 still all part of a learning process. So I still do have to acknowledge that. And and that might mean I also need to expand my vocabulary. That's another thing. Because <clears throat> I think I do, for the most part, do a good job of, you know, with my vocabulary, my vernacular, so to speak. But um, I think with some of the topics that we was covering last week, you know, with the, they were a little bit um explicit. Yeah, I didn't really have the verbiage for that. So without, you know, without actually saying the words. And and don't get me wrong, I guess there's nothing wrong with me really saying the words. I don't know. 
it, like, yeah, there's no, really nothing wrong with me saying the words, but I just don't prefer to do that. I don't know. I don't know why that is. I, I don't know. Cause I feel like maybe at the beginning when I first started, I might have been doing that, you know, saying, saying, you know, bad words and cuss words and things of that nature. And then I think a switch flipped and I just, all of a sudden just didn't want to do it anymore. And I just kind of rolled with that. And I just no longer wanted to, you know what I mean? Say bad words. Like, I, I don't know. <clears throat> so I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but nonetheless, though, you got it. Episode 76. Um, and I, and I will say this, I am, I am kind of readjusting my schedule right now, which is part of the reason why my, my recordings have kind of been spotty over the last two weeks. Well, over the last week and a half, I'd say. Trying to readjust, well, and coming off of, uh, that 4th of July break. Um, so yeah, just, just, just trying to readjust my schedule. Um, add some more things into my schedule has kind of made me recording a little bit inconsistent right now. So hopefully I get a grasp on that this week. Or at least going into the next week, I finally get a, a better grasp of that um, in regards to, you know, some sort of structured schedule. Not really structured schedule, but just, you know, some sort of, um, yeah, schedule that, that I can, it don't got to be necessarily structured, but just some sort of schedule that I can get in regards to recording. Uh, yeah, the weekend, weekend was, was so-so. I've had better moments um, during the weekend, but uh yeah, didn't really do too much um this past weekend. Had a had a yeah, had an incident that wasn't really too happy with in regards to, you know, how everything played out. Um maybe we'll talk about that one day, but I was not too happy with, with that at all. Um it did allow me to get some peace and quiet though, I will say that. But still, um which things would have turned out a little bit different. Uh, so that's here and there. Um, yeah, Sunday, you know, we got a cold orange day tomorrow, so you're not really supposed to be outside tomorrow. I guess the air is bad again, bad quality. I don't know what's going on with this air quality, especially all the way over here. But um, cold orange day tomorrow. Um, yeah, man, and it's the, start of, it's the start of a new week. Well, technically, Sunday is the start of a new week. But uh, since they, you know, everybody goes to work on Monday, then Monday's the start of a new week. But I always remember that Sunday is really the official start of a new week. Uh, And Sunday, speaking of Sundays, is I always like to golf on Sundays. Tiger Wood wears red on Sundays for his golf. We got to get into the the most notable thing that happened this weekend, and that is Steph Curry um, golfing. That's Steph Curry golfing. Um, Steph Curry hit a hole in one this weekend at the Century Championship. He also ended up winning the tournament uh, with a long eagle putt on the final hole uh, to win the championship this Sunday. And when you think, when you watch Steph Curry, I mean, first of all, Steph Curry can play golf. Like, let's not like let's not even act like I mean this this man is can play golf. He's he's really good. He played in the match I think twice 
Uh, he just lost his, you know, what two weeks ago with Clay Thompson as his teammate. But that's 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 not the first time that he's played in the match. He's played in the match more than once. And um, yeah, Steph can golf, man. Like it's not even, you know what I mean? He can golf. I believe he also donated, like, or he brought back Howard's golf team. Uh, that might have been maybe last year or the year before that. I think supplied them with all types of, you know, tailor-made gear or or, or uh, Titleist gear, whatever it was that the golf team needed to, you know, kind of restart the program. So Steph Curry, he enjoys golf. He's an advocate of golf. And he really can golf. Okay. Now, I don't know if, you know, people understand how hard it is to hit a hole-in-one, but a hole-in-one might be the hardest thing to do in any sport. I think maybe next up might be bowling a 300-point 300, a 300, uh, game in bowling. <clears throat> um, there's something, I got something in my throat right now. I don't know what else compares to what a hole-in-one is sports-wise. Maybe a perfect game in baseball pitching-wise. Um, maybe a quadruple-double basketball-wise. Like, it's, it's, virtually almost impo- it's virtually almost impossible to hit a hole-in-one. And it's almost even more impossible to hit a hole-in-one as someone that is not a professional golfer, which Steph Curry is not. Which makes the feat of him hitting a hole-in-one even more, even better. And it's like, just imagine if he really took golf serious, he would probably be really good. Like, you just, I mean, you got to think about that. He spends probably 75% of his time playing basketball. Probably 20%. No, I don't want to say 75%. That's probably too much. Maybe 45% playing basketball. He probably spends another 45%, 50% with his family. That's 95%. So that leaves the other 5% for everything else he got going on in his life, which would consist of playing golf. And he had a hole-in-one, which you have like a one in like 3,000 chance of even doing in the first place. Might even be more than that. But that and to, you know, if you've seen some of the putts that he made this weekend, he had a, a really uh, windy putt where he, you know, punted the ball like maybe 10 feet up and then it came right back down to the right and rolled in. like Yeah, and then he ended up winning with an eagle putt. It's hard to get an eagle in golf as well. I've got one eagle on my resume. No, I think I got two eagles on my resume. And that's almost virtually impossible for someone that does not golf. And it just goes to show you just how talented Steph is. Um, Golf-wise, as far as like hand-eye coordination, might be the, what, the second best sport to get your hand-eye coordination together. If you can hit that little golf ball straight, consistently, then you have good hands and good eye coordination. The only other thing that I would compare that to would be playing baseball. I think that playing baseball is the hardest sport in regard, or no, is is no, I will say it's not the hardest sport. I will say it gives you the best hand coordination, hand-eye coordination of any sport. I believe you get that playing baseball. Um, anytime you got a ball coming at you, anywhere from 60 to 100 miles an hour and you have to swing a baseball bat and get, you know, bat on ball, um, it's a lot harder than the ball being not moving and hitting it with a golf club. 
it's a lot harder to hit that baseball with a baseball bat. So, um, and it's like, what can't Steph Curry do? Like, he's like literally the golden child. Like, he can do everything. Like, he literally can do everything. They even got the clip going when he was walking by the, the gallery and they had a basketball and a basketball hoop. He grabs the basketball, turns the opposite way, flicks the ball over his head, and almost made it. Like, just, just off the whim, just on some, you know what I mean? Just something that he could do. If he had made it, the crowd would have went crazy. <clears throat> but shout out to Steph Curry just for being, you know, just for being just an all-around, just athlete, goat, uh, can do it all. Um, you know what I mean? It's just like, like I said, what what can Steph Curry do? You know, he got the wife, he got the family. Uh, he, I mean, he just got it all, man. Well, I will say he, what he doesn't have is that the. the you know, this generation's best basketball player that belongs to LeBron James. That that's for sure. <clears throat> Cause you know, there are some pundits out there that think that, you know, this is Steph Curry generation. It's not, it's LeBron's. So that's here and there. Speaking of LeBron, he's changing his Jersey number from six, going back to 23, which he wore, I think a couple years ago. Um, out of respect to Bill Russell, he wanted to wear it last year, but he is now going to hang that Jersey number up and he is going back to number 23. And I can feel that for sure. Uh, what else do we got going on basketball-wise? Uh, Bobo, who was cut by the Orlando Magic, has been picked up by the Phoenix Suns, and he signed a one-year deal with the Suns. And I like this for Phoenix. I do. I like this for Phoenix. I think you can play Bobo with Katie, Booker, Bradley Bill, and Aiton and have a very strong lineup have a very strong lineup. I mean, like, think about the length in that lineup. You got Bobo, Aiton. Bobo, what, 7-1? You got Aiton, 6-10. You got KD, 6-10. You got Booker, 6-8. Bradley Bill, 6-5, 6-6. Like, like, that's a strong lineup, I think. You know, can switch everything on the pick and roll. Um, Of course, they'll have some problems, you know, down low defending. But at the end of the day, though, I like that lineup for, for Phoenix. I definitely do like that lineup for Phoenix. I have no issues with Bobo going there. I believe that Bobo is, is uh, Victor Wimbanyama. Or or should I say Victor Wimbanyama is Bobo? So I've always been a kind of believer in that. Of, of course, is Wimbanyama a little bit more talented? Maybe, but we haven't really seen Bobo reach his full potential. Like, we haven't seen that yet. So... And he, you know, I, I'd like to see him actually get an opportunity to play. And that is what I'm looking forward to uh, with Bobo. Um, what else we got going on sports-wise? Uh, Sabrina Ionescu from the Liberty broke the three-point record with, uh, what does she have? <clears throat> I think it said 37 points in one round of the three-point that doesn't seem right. I don't know why that doesn't seem right. That yeah, that definitely does not seem right. But um she did hit it. She hit a lot of threes. I do not I do know that much. She hit a lot of threes in the um in the three point contest that she was playing. Why did I why, did I see 37 points somewhere? I feel like I did see 37 points somewhere, but then when I think about the racks. It's like the most you can get is six. Oh, okay. She did hit two four-point shots. 
Okay, so now that does make sense. Yes, she did have 37 points because she hit. So if you hit five racks, each rack is worth six points. That's 30 points. You hit the two four-point shots, that's 38 points. Yeah, so she did have 37 points. That is That's accurate. That is accurate. So she broke the men's and women's record of three-point shooting and three-point scoring in a three-point contest with 37 points. I did see the round that she she definitely didn't miss. I don't think until the last round, to the last rack where she might have missed one. But being perfect would have been 38 points. And she got 37. That's crazy. Okay, that is um yeah, that that's special. So um what else we had going on? Uh, Joy, Lo- Joy Lo- Lloyd was the MVP of the WNBA All-Star Game with 31 points. Um, didn't really tune into it too much. I think I was out kind of moving around. Uh, oh, Inoescu made 20 straight threes in that round. 20 straight threes. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's like kind of Curry, Curry-esque right there. That is very Curry-esque. She had all but two of her threes in the final round. She had 37 out of a possible 40 points. Okay, see, I thought 38 points would be the would be the top, but um, but yeah, if you I mean if you get a chance to see the round, if you if you are a fan of shooting and you like the art of shooting, definitely check out what she did. It was incredible. Um it's very hard to make that many three-point shots in a row, and she did it and made it look very, very easy. Um, what else do we have going on? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to the Titans, uh, two years, twenty-six million. Um, I'm not a fan. I, I gotta admit, I'm not a fan. Hopkins, the Titans' quarterback situation is trash. It is not good at all. Ryan Tannehill is terrible. Will Levis is terrible. Uh, there is some potential for Malik Willis. I, at least I think he has potential, but I don't think he's going to get a chance to play. And if you're DeAndre Hopkins, why are you going there? I don't understand why you're going there. I think it, it seems like every receiver that's went to Tennessee um, has been terrible. I mean, they were good before they got there and went there, and then they were terrible. So I'm not understanding exactly why he's going there. Of course, you got Derrick Henry. So, you, you know, if you load the box, you got one-on-one with Hopkins. But who's throwing the ball? Who is throwing the ball? Because if it's, if it's going to be Ryan Tannehill, DeAndre Hopkins, you tripping, man. You could have went and got with Patty Mahomes. You could have went and got with Aaron Rodgers. You could have went. I mean, there's a number of places. You could have went to the Saints. There's a number of places that you could have went with better quarterbacks than Ryan Tannehill. And why you would choose Ryan Tannehill is beyond me. I don't understand that. I really don't. And I feel like, what are you doing it for? Like, why Like why go there? I mean, the Titans, don't get me wrong, they're a good football team. They're But they're a quarterback away from being the football team everybody else thinks that they can be. That, that's just the bottom line. They're that, they're that player away from being the you know the team that everybody thinks they can be, you can only go but so far with Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. And but so far, I mean, it's the playoffs. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill can get you to the playoffs. He's not going to get you a win. He might get you one, but you're not going to the Super Bowl, Ryan Tannehill. That's just a fact. So, 
Uh, not understand. Yeah, I just don't understand why he did that. I, I, I really don't. Um, but I will say this: football season is is approaching very fast because we are what maybe two weeks away from the Steelers reporting the training camp. Um, one month away from the first preseason game, and I feel like you know. We're getting in the mode right now, man. We're we're getting very close to being back in the football season mode, which is scary and, and exciting at the same time. That means the summer's almost over and the summer's went by too fast. And it also means that um football's back. So that's the exciting part. Uh especially with no basketball right now. Vegas Summer League getting ready to come to an end. Um baseball not in not in playoff mode right now, so that ain't really too exciting. Um, you know, we do got the golf. It's always good. Wimbledon was this weekend, Joker lost. Um, but yeah, so there, I mean, yeah, so we've had some excitement at Wimbledon this week with Chris Ebanks, but generally, right now, this is a kind of downtime for sports. So, what else do we have going on sports wise? Zion, um, I think a lot of people are taking you know proper precautions of Zion after he posted a cryptic message with um, some notorious big lyrics that said, I can't believe suicide in my mind, I want to leave. That is from Notorious Big's Ready to Die album. And, you know, of course, if you've been paying attention lately, Zion got a lot going on with uh, Mariah Mills, the adult star, who just recently came out and said Zion was abusive. And she went on another rant two days ago after like a week ago when she was saying that her and Zion were, were cool. So I can kind of see what Zion's going through. Um, and women, they'll stress you out sometimes. They will. Women will stress you out, man. Um, and you just got to kind of try to figure out how to balance everything. Um, but, you know, a toxic relationship will stress you out. That's for sure. I don't want to say women will stress you out. I will say a toxic relationship will stress you out. And it appears as what Zion got going on with this girl is very, very toxic. Okay, one minute they're good, one minute they're not. One minute she's threatening them to sue. One minute she's, you know, tweeting the NBA. Next thing you know, she's not. Then she's happy. She said, you know what I mean? Pregnant, not pregnant. Tattoos on the face. Like, they have a very toxic relationship, and I can see why Zion is a little bit stressed out. And I do appreciate people taking his cryptic message serious. Because you just never know. At this day and age, you just never know. Um, You got to take things like that very, very serious. So, um, shout out to Zion, though, man. Hopefully, you know what I mean? He can get it together. And uh, we can get him back on the court sooner than later. Um, what else we got going on? Uh, that might be it. That might be all we got for sports, man. Let's get into this no-no of the week. And uh, yeah, the no-no of the week is, and you know what? I didn't want to. I didn't really want to do this no-no, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna do it anyway. So. This note of the week goes to Kiki Palmer's boyfriend, Darius Jackson. And I didn't want to give him this no-no because he technically, he didn't deserve it. He really didn't. And I know a lot of you are thinking, oh, well, you're giving a no-no for what he said. No, this no-no is not for what you think it is, which are his comments he made about Kiki and what she had on and the whole thing with Usher. No, that's not what this no-no is for. Okay, this this no-no is not for that. This no-no is for what Darius Jackson did to all the regular guys out there, the bus drivers, 
regular Joe Schmoes, the Jimmys and Johns, all the people that have hope of bagging a famous woman such as Kiki Palmer. Yes, yes, this no-no goes to Darius because he has set us back. He has set us back decades with his behavior. Yes, Darius Jackson's behavior is the reason why famous women now never give regular guys a chance because regular guys don't know how to handle dealing with a bad female. Yes, regular guys are always going to shoot their shot at famous celebrity women, always. You know, they're always going to, you know, slide in the DM and, and, you know what I mean, do whatever they can do. You know, you might get lucky. You might be Stedman. You never know. But never in a million years do regular guys think when they shoot their shot, it's going to go in. Never. But in Darius's case, it did go in, and he begged Kiki Palmer. The Kiki Palmer. The Kiki Palmer that's been glowing on Instagram lately. He begged her. And then to top it off, he put a seed in Kiki Palmer. And now it has a, a family, a baby with Kiki Palmer. Yes. And it's just like, at that point, you would think that he won in life. Like, what more can you ask for? You've impregnated Kiki Palmer. You've bagged Kiki Palmer. She's with you in public. Y'all living happily ever after. And at this point, Darius, you look like a savior to all the bus drivers out there. You've given us, you've given us hope that we too can bag a woman with such caliber as Kiki Palmer. For me, that would be Soraya. Of course, she's I'll risk it all for Soraya any anytime, any day. Um she would be my Kiki Palmer. Her or Drea Michelle. Either one of them two. So I would leave anybody for Soraya and Drea Michelle. Period point blank. Ain't no, you know, and I and I ain't even mad about that. But for Soraya, I'm leaving every anybody. Okay. Shout out to Joey Badass too for uh for bagging Soraya. I like them two together. I'm still mad at it, but I like them together though. <laughs> but no, Darius. He did not just take his victory for all the Jimmys and Joes out there. Nope. He just had to get out of pocket over the whole Usher situation. And now he's made us bus drivers look bad. Like we don't know how to handle a woman of the status of Kiki Palmer. Darius, Darius, Darius. You just couldn't leave well enough alone. Nope. You had to go make the regular folks look bad. And for that reason, this no-no is for you. Darius, you set us bus drivers back years with your antics. And now we won't be able to bag a female, a famous female, of the caliber of Kiki Palmer for years, maybe even decades. Like, think about it. When did Stepman bag Oprah? That was the last regular, you know, Jimmy and John that bagged a famous woman, Stepman. And now... Darius, you set us back decades, man. Who knows when we'll get another opportunity? And because of that, this no-no goes for you, Darius. It, it has to. And and I'm going to be thinking about you for years until one of us regular Joes, Jimmys and Johns, Joe Schmoes, bus drivers, shout out to Ebony K. Williams, gets a chance to bag another famous female. And who knows when that's going to be. And for that reason, Darius, this no-no goes to you. Yeah.
man, that was an upsetting no-no. That really was. That was a very, very upsetting no-no. But I had to do it. I had to do it. It was for everybody. It was for all. It was for all the regular guys out there that had that have hope when they're sliding in the DMs and pulling up like Steph Curry. That no no was for you guys, man. It was. <sighs> so now that brings me to another situation. Okay. Now we've all seen the movie Hitch. You know, uh, Will Smith, Alice Hitchens. He plays the date doctor. He gets regular guys a chance at famous women such as Allegra Cole. And, you know, because you don't really get that chance. You don't never really get that chance. And now with the whole thing with Darius and Kiki Palmer, the question that we have to ask now is that if you were famous, would you date a regular person? That is now the question that we are now asking right now. If you were famous, if you were of status of a Will Smith, a status of a <clears throat> um, Drake, uh, uh, the Uzi, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just throwing out random names out there. A Jay-Z, a Beyonce, um, a Rihanna. I mean, just, just throwing random names out there. Would you date down? Well, I guess not dating down, but would you be happy dating a regular person? Not a bus driver, but just a regular person. Now, this person could be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, but they're not well-known, so I don't want to say a bus driver. It's just a little bit different than that conversation. Um, but would you be okay with doing that? And I got to be the first one to say that I would be. I would be okay if, as a famous person. I would date someone that is not as famous as me or not even famous at all. If they knew how to treat me correctly if you know what i mean they were going to uh be you know a stand-up individual um someone that had good communication skills someone that um you know had good qualities as a human being yes i'm not going i am not determining who i'm dating off of their status nor your occupation at that to that point you know, ultimately, I think a lot of people are dating for happiness. They're dating for many of reasons, um, some of which are not fame. You know? But I do believe that there are a large majority of people that will not date outside of the famous um, circles, uh, people that are used to being in the limelight, for, for, simple, for, you know, for many reasons, though. You know what I mean? Having to be able to handle paparazzi, um, being used to everybody being in your business at all times, 24 seven, um, making people sign NDAs, understanding that you no longer have privacy and having to deal with not having privacy. <clears throat> you know, you just got to kind of think about that. So, I, uh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I, I definitely believe that it exists. You know what I mean? For the most part, you do see a lot of famous people date other famous people. 
Um, of course, there's you know there's many of exceptions. You know what I mean. And not to not to say this, and also I want to say this too is there's a lot of people that you know that are famous um, that don't let people into their dating life for that reason alone. But there are a lot of very famous couples, which which why wow, when you see them break up, it is it is big time news. Just like this situation with Kiki Palmer and her man. You know what I mean? Them potentially breaking up, which I think they may be broken up. I'm not 100% positive. But I did see some rumblings about them breaking up. But you just kind of like, you got to realize that, you know, those relationships are kind of made out of the fact that those are the people that you associate with. You know, famous people, for the most part, aren't really going to associate with people that are not famous. That's just the reality of the situation. And so as a as a not so famous person, the chance to, you know, shoot your shot at someone that is famous is very hard to do. Very, very hard to do. And I feel like, you know, for me personally, I'm definitely going out on a limb and I'm giving somebody that is not famous, that is not of that type of status, that type of ilk, I'm giving them an opportunity. I am. I would want the same thing in return, but I understand that that's not how life works. You know what I mean? But the person that I am, that's just how I'm rolling. I'm giving them opportunity, man. You know what I mean? I understand that if my status is what it is and, and I, you know, found somebody that's not of that status, they have, you know, what comes with that is the limelight. That's what comes with it. That is what comes with it. And you just don't know if that person's going to be able to handle that. Do they want to be in that situation? I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of you know questions regarding that situation, but that that you know that just kind of begs to differ. So I say all that to say, you know, in regards to the movie with Hitch, that is a real movie. There are plenty of guys out here that have great qualities, but they don't have the ability to get next to the female that they want to get next to, just for the simple fact that she is of a different status than they are. And when you think about Hitch, the movie, and, you know, uh, Albert getting with Allegra Cole, and then the things that he did that were just being him, genuinely him, that she liked, that had nothing to do with Hitch, that's you. That's that's how it goes. I mean, you need opportunity, though. You need opportunity to show who you are to somebody. With that opportunity it comes vulnerability. That's what that's what comes with that. With opportunity comes vulnerability. If you can be vulnerable with somebody and they accept you flaws and all, it doesn't matter wh- where you come from in regards to uh, how much money you make, uh, in regards to if you're famous or not, in regards to uh, yeah, th- those two situations. It just, it just doesn't. You know what I mean? Comfortability, vulnerability. Those are the things, those are the key words that come out uh, in situations like that. Remember Albert Brenneman was doing the dance and he was spinning around and, you know what I mean, doing all types of crazy stuff on the dance floor. He was feeling comfortable enough and vulnerable enough with Allegra Cole to do that stuff. And he was going to live with the fact that either she was going to like it or she wasn't. And that's just, you know what I mean, what more can you ask for than being yourself? That's it. That's all you can do. 
And people are either going to accept you for, for what it is or they're not going to accept you for what it is, man. And, you know, hopefully people understand. I mean, everybody, you know, I think the phrase that people like to use is if I can't get be weird around you. Yes, if I can't be weird around you, I think we all have quirks and weird things that we do. Um, <clears throat> that, you know what I mean? That you, you don't want to pull out in front of people, but if you're comfortable enough, you will do it. So, yeah, so yeah, so I just kind of wanted to pose that question. You know what I mean? Shout out to Hitch too, man. That's a classic movie. Shout out to Hitch, man. Shout out to Hitch. We'll man. make it clap. We'll make it clap. She had to definitely clap it up for Hitch, man. That's a classic movie. I like watching Hitch. Anytime it's on, I watch it every chance I get. Um, but yeah, man, I just you know what I mean. You just got to kind of think about things like that, man. Are people willing to? Step outside the box, step out their comfort zone, and, and and date someone that is not of the same ilk as them. Okay. And speaking of dating, um, another famous celebrity couple that we were gonna talk about is Jonathan Majors and Megan Good. You know, there was there was definitely a you know story out there about Megan Good, friends and families approving of her dating Jonathan Majors. Now, and they're not going to get in her business. That's kind of, this is coming from Blast. This is also coming from the jasminebrand.com uh, as well. And it's like, what influence do your friends have on who you're dating? And is that influence enough for you to leave the person that you are dating? Okay, and so not only friends, friends and family. And I would say that I would say that for me personally, I think that my you know my friends, in regards to who I'm dating, I would give them about maybe a ten percent, yeah, maybe ten percent input on who I'm dating. I don't really care what they think. That's just the bottom line. I'm gonna keep it real. I do not care what my friends think about who I'm dating. They got no say so in that. Um, will I listen? Yeah. If it's a situation where I'm dating somebody that they know more information about that I do, and when I bring them around, they're like, oh, what you doing with her type of deal? Oh, oh, oh. And they let me know after the fact, all right, yeah, I'll give you that 10%. Other than that, though, no, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not, you got no say-so over here. Zero. That's friends. Now, family, that's a little bit different, okay? That's a little bit different. I would, I would give family maybe about a 60% uh, 60% input on who I'm dating and who I'm, you know what I mean? I would, yeah, I would say 60% for family, just for the simple fact that they know me a little bit better. Their intuitions are probably a little bit better, uh, than my friends would be. Um, they probably can read a room a little bit better in regards to who I'm with and who I'm dating. Does that mean I'm going to stop dating them? No, it does not. But I will heed their warnings and information a lot more than I would my friends. That's for sure. Now, ultimately, I'm still going to make my own decision, but they will have strong input in the, into you know what I got going on. Yes, I will. So if I bring somebody around, if I bring them to the family reunion, if I bring them out to dinner, bring them to my raises crib, anything of that nature. Um, 
I'm definitely going to, uh, you know, if, if, you know, once it happens and I walk out the room or we leave and then I get a phone call, come back and they be like, oh no, that ain't it. I'm a, I'm a strongly consider that. I, I, yeah, I'm a strongly consider that when they be like, no, that ain't it. I'm be like, well, why you say that? Well, because I just didn't feel it. The energy wasn't there. They don't look like they're the one for you. Blah, 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 blah. I'm a strongly consider it. I'm still going to do what I want. But I'm a strongly, strongly consider it. Because I feel like I would do this, you know what I mean? The same thing. You know what I mean? In regards to, uh, you know what I mean? It's just like my child. If she was dating somebody I didn't like or I didn't feel the energy from, I would let her know. She's still going to do what she's going to do, but I would let her know. Same thing with, you know, with my sister. Uh, yeah, I mean, any of my cousins. Yeah, if I feel something, yeah, I'm going to let them know. Now, do I expect them to completely be like, you know what? All right, just because you said that, I'm off of them. No, I don't. But I do expect them to consider my my words a little bit more than they would um, say their friends. So in the case of, you know, Jonathan Major and Megan Good, Megan Good just got a relationship with Devon Franklin, the pastor. Jonathan Majors is the complete opposite of what she's used to. And that's the thing. Sometimes opposites do attract. Sometimes opposites do attract. And I find myself often in situations like that. Where I do like women that we completely have. Like nothing in common for real, for real. Like we're like literally the complete opposite. But it's those type of it's those type of things, those type of characteristics that I'm attracted to for some reason. It's kind of weird, you know. In, in the case of Megan Good, Jonathan Major, Jonathan Major said that you know he got the case ongoing case alleged allegedly ongoing case. Well, it's not, it's not allegedly a case. Um, he allegedly did something wrong in his ongoing case. But the woman that he was with was a Caucasian woman. Megan Good is black, complete opposite of what he was just dealing with and dating. Um, and sometimes that's just, that's just how life works. You just never know. You know what I mean? That sometimes it's, that's just how life works. Uh, you know, you got always, you got times when, you know, you, you have daughters that want to find, you know, their dad and their boyfriends, or you have, um, sons that want to find their mom and their, and their significant others and things of that nature. I don't really, I don't really know if that's the case. I don't know. But I do know that that exists. That's for sure. I do know that much. But for me personally, it's always been more of an opposites type of thing. Um, the last person I dated that we had a lot of things in common. Um, it went well. I have no complaints about it. It was okay. It was cool. Um, would I spend a block on it? Potentially, yes. But for whatever reason, you know what I mean? It just didn't last. And I don't really have an ex. Well, I'm not going to tell y'all the explanation of that. But it just didn't last. But we did have a lot of things in common. Worked in the same field. Um, very, very business orientated. Uh, had a lot of the same interests. But for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. Now, the person, you know. Oh no! Well, wait a minute. Yes. So the last person. So that was that was the last person I had dated that I had something in common with. The last person I dated before that. Well, 
after that, we were completely opposites, though. Now, it was kind of a flash dating. It didn't last that long. It was pretty much a flash in the pan. But we were complete opposites. But, you know what I mean? That's just, that's just how it goes, man. That is just how it goes, man. Uh, but shout out to Jonathan Majors, making good. Keep, you know what I mean? Living how y'all living and doing what y'all doing. And, um, <clears throat> you know, going against the grain, man. You know what I mean? Keep living, you know, going against the grain. So um, that's all the dating stuff we got for today, man. I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole just now with the dating, man. Maybe that's because of how my weekend went. But, um, yeah, I kind of went down a rabbit hole. I had some things to get off my chest. Uh, let's get into some other, you know, real news right now. Um, the inmate that had escaped prison in Warren County has been captured. Uh, Michael Burham, the inmate with survivalist skills, who escaped prison in Pennsylvania, has been captured in a wooded area near Warren after more than a week on the run. A Warren County official told CNN they are preparing to an isolation cell at Warren County for Burham. Um, they do not intend to keep him past Sunday. There is no indication of where he will be going after that. Burham broke out of Warren County Prison in northwestern Pennsylvania shortly before midnight on July 6th using tied-up bed sheets and elevating himself on exercise equipment, according to a county spokesperson. Uh, he was described as a dangerous inmate with military experience and survivalist knowledge after his escape from the 140 capacity facility that holds inmates awaiting trial who are sentenced to two years or less behind bars. Okay, so he escaped on the 6th. It's the 16th. He had he was out there. What's well, the 15th? He was out there for, what, nine days. That's, I mean, that's not a bad, that's not a bad, you know, run. You know what I mean? I will say this, though. I did not think that, like, the bed sheets the tied up bed sheets was actually a real thing. Because where are you getting that many tied up bed sheets? And how are they not keeping tabs on how many are these all these tied up bed sheets? How's that not happening? So it says he his capture happened after Pennsylvania State Police got a call to the tip line Saturday from residents reporting a suspicious individual before 4 p.m. in Warren County's Conowingo Township. A married couple went outside to check on their dog after hearing the animal barking near the back of their property. They rode over in the golf cart, found Burham, and asked what he was doing there. Burham, who was dirty and wearing his prison pants inside out, told the couple he was camping. The owner of the property recognized him, got his wife back in the golf cart, and drove away from there so he that he could immediately contact as Burham fled into the woods. So that's got to be a scary situation. You recognize a you know an escaped convict, and you're with your wife, and he's real close to you. That's definitely got to be pretty uncomfortable. That kind of makes me think about Con Air the movie, uh, for some reason. Um, yeah. So the you know the capture was definitely a great relief. That's how they're describing it, and you know nobody got harmed in the situation. Of course, I think the last thing he was thinking about was harming somebody. He's free. He's trying to be free as long as possible. I don't think he's trying to catch another case. You know what I mean? Why he's free. So I would think that would nobody nobody would get harmed, but you just never know. You know what I mean? But still, though, I think if, if I'm in prison and I escape, the last thing I'm trying to do is add something more to my jacket. I'm trying to be long gone. Wherever that is. I don't know where that's going to be, but that's where I'm trying to be at. 
Um, what else we got going on? The Alabama woman who went missing after reporting a toddler walking on the interstate has returned home safely. And there's a lot going on around this story. Um, with Carly Russell missing since Thursday night, she told a dispatcher that she saw the child on the side of Interstate 459 South. After the call, Russell stopped her vehicle to check on the toddler and called a family member who lost contact with her. Although the line may, remained open, when officers arrived to the scene, they found Russell's vehicle and some of her belongings, but no sign of her or the child. So there is there is like some speculation about this story because nobody ever found the child. That That's one thing for sure. Uh, it's unclear where Russell was since Thursday. There are no further details were provided. Um, they took a statement from Russell and the details are part of an ongoing investigation, which is expected to continue over the next few days. Um, of course, you know, a lot of people, you know, were trying to get as many details on the story as possible. They were saying that, you know, as much as attention we paid to the Titan submersible, we should be paying this much attention to this young woman that is missing. So this was a very big story. Uh, and I get, I'm, you know, I'm glad that we have a happy ending that she's home safe and sound. But there still is a lot of confusion, you know, as far as what happened. Now, I guess that, you know, if she was abducted or she disappeared or whatever, the last thing I think she wants to do is talk about it. So you got to give her a couple of days to kind of, you know, say what was going on. Um, but as of right now, there is no explanation as to where she was at. If she was kidnapped, the kidnappers were very nice to let her go. I guess realizing how big of a story this was. But the other thing is that we've never really heard anything else about the toddler and where the toddler is at. And I think that is more of the confusing situation to me. You know what I mean? Because it's like, if you pulled over to um, check on a toddler that was in the street, either the toddler was put in that street to get you to pull over or there was no toddler. I don't really know because where'd the baby go? And exactly what age is the toddler that you were talking about? Because if it's walking, it had to be, what, at least two or three years old? And how does a baby of that size not know to run into the middle of the street? It's another thing, you know, where bright lights, it appeared to be dark outside. Babies run towards lights, and this baby just happened to not go into the middle of the street at all. That's a little little confusing, just a little bit. But uh, <clears throat> we will stay updated on this story, but I'm glad that she is home safe and sound in regards to the details of about it. About it I'm really not concerned at this point right now. Her safety was the most important thing for me, and she's safe, and we'll see what happens from there. So, uh, what else we got going on? Um, Biden administration announces $39 billion in student debt relief following administrative fixes. Joe Biden, man, I, I got to give Joe Biden a lot of props, man. He is going to get some of this student debt canceled. He's going, he's, he's battling. He is out here fighting. The Biden administration announced Friday that 804,000 borrowers will have their student debt wiped away totaling $39 billion worth of debt 
in coming weeks due to fixes that more accurately count qualified monthly payments under existing income-driven repayment plans. So there are currently several different kinds of income-driven repayment plans for borrowers with federal student loans, which base payments on borrowers' income and family size, regardless of their total outstanding debt. After reaching a set forgiveness threshold of 20 to 25 years, a borrower's remaining balance is then wiped. So basically, if you've been paying student loans for a long time, your balance is basically is, is free right now. And I might be included in that. I feel like I've been paying student loans for a long time, since at least 2005. So I ain't got 20 years in, but I got 17. So I might be good. I might need to check on that, man. I might need to check on that. If it, and if my student loans are wiped out, that means I can go back and get my master's and finish these four classes I need to, to get my master's degree. So that, yeah, let me go ahead. Shout out to Joe, man. Shout out to Joe. But, you know, as far as him, you know, trying to get this student debt canceled, I applaud him for not backing down from the Supreme Court and, and finding loopholes in the system to get debt relief for more than, you know, more than 3.4 million Americans. It says since Biden took office, his administration has approved $116.6 billion and student debt relief for more than 3.4 million Americans. Now, of course, we know the Republicans are not happy with things of that nature, but we're not worried about them. They're rich. You know what I mean? We're not worried about them at all. So uh, Biden did take, you know, took aim at his critics Friday, stating that some are even objecting to the actions we announced today, which follows through on relief borrowers were promised, but never given, even when they had been making payments for decades. The disregard for working middle-class families is outrageous. And I'm with you, Joe. I'm with you. Okay? We tired of the Supreme Court. Just go ahead and strike down that executive order. We waiting. We want you to just put the... You just lay the land of the law down, Joe. That's all you got to do. Lay the land of the law down. Okay? You can override the Supreme Court if you want to. And I think it's about that time, man. I think it's about that time. Um, but shout out to Joe for, for you know, for continuing to make it happen. Uh, <clears throat> where are we at right now? We got about, <clears throat> dang, I've, had a, I've had a frog in my throat literally this whole episode. I've been congested. I haven't taken any sinus medicine in a couple of days because I've been able to breathe pretty decently. And it's like, as soon as I go to record, man, I'm right back to not being able to breathe. And I don't understand what is going on with that, man. I really don't. But just know this, I don't like it at all. I do not like it at all. Uh, so we got about, what, four or five minutes left. Um, we pretty much going to close this episode out. We ain't really going to get into too much more. Um, shout out to Coco Jones, man. Shout out to Coco Jones. She put on a performance at Broccoli Fest. And when she was singing in the rain, she looked amazing. It was given, definitely given 90s R&B vibes. She started singing Rain by SWV in the rain. It doesn't get more aesthetic than that. Like, it really doesn't. And then when I think about Coco Jones, she has the it factor. I spoke about Coco Jones after the BET Awards episode two, what, two episodes ago. She literally has the it factor, man. 
she is going to be a big time star. And when you see this performance she puts on in the rain, it just like, man, I mean, it was special. That performance was very special. I will say that. That performance was very special. Um, but yeah, shout out to Coco Jones again, man. Just cause, man. Just cause. Uh, what else do we got? That might be about it, man. We're going to get up and out of here. Um, We are, what, four episodes away from 80, which is huge. I definitely plan on getting those episodes done within the next, I would say, next week or so. Um, We're going to do another top five list. We're due for a top five list. I have not done a top five list in about... It seems like a lot of episodes I haven't done a top five list. I don't know how many episodes it's been, but it's been a lot. And we have not done a top five list, and we're due for a top five list. And when I think about the no-no that I gave Kiki Palmer's boyfriend, it might have something to do with that. It just might. So we will see what happens with that. Uh, Other than that, we're still waiting to see where Damian Lillard ends up. I believe Damian Lillard stays in Portland. I would like him to stay in Portland, but we'll see if that happens. Um, and we got We're going to talk about Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan too. And another thing is too is why do we keep calling her Larsa Pippen if she's not married to Scottie Pippen? Why is she going by Larsa Pippen? Because she wants to get half his money. I don't understand why she keeps going by Larsa Pippen. So we're not with that at all, man. But we're going. We're going. We got to We're going to do a deep dive. On Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan, man. But we out of here, man. You got it. Episode 76. Gia. Awesome, La Vista, Ariva Dirty. Shout out to Mario. He watched Omario on his verses too. That's another thing. And we got to do our first verses on the podcast too. And that first verses is going to be Kalani and Janai Aiko. That's coming soon. That's coming soon. Remember, fellas, don't fall for the bathroom pick where they're sitting on the sink. It's not as big as you think it is. <laughs> yeah, we out of here. You got it. Jill.